Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. Today we're going to be proclaiming our vision, and hopefully you brought your vision and what you believe in God that you'd like for, to see God do you know, for you this year, and we're going to lay hands on that. And we want to encourage you to take that and put it in a place where you can see it on a regular basis. So that when you walk by it, you can lay hands and say, I declare this has come in the past. I'm believing God. You know, some of the words that uh, Pastor Vicki was sharing with us this last Thursday night just stirred me up. And the word of the Lord came to me about, oh, two or three years ago. And he said, what I intended for you these last 20 years, he was speaking to me about this ministry, you know, I will do in a year. And then, you know, I was all excited and everything started coming together. Then COVID hit. You know, even though there might be delays, God will not be stopped. Hello, somebody. Even though there might be delays, God will not be stopped. And sometimes the delays are divine delays. Sometimes he's, you know, working with other people, working with other situations in order to maneuver people into certain places. And so it's so important and really put your trust in the Lord. As Greg said earlier in Psalms 27, 14, you know, put your trust in God. Take courage. God will bring those things to pass that he has put in your heart. The only way it won't come to pass is when you decide that you're not going to receive it anymore. And that's the key right there is that you being able to receive this. None of us are really good enough to receive all that God has for us, but he put us in right standing so that we can receive from us. You know, my children, they're not good enough to receive from me, but yet they're my children. And so therefore I give to them, even though it's not based on their works, it's based on my relationship with them. And so God wants to do something special in your life this year. You know, Jerry Savelle came and gave us a word. This is an unprecedented outpouring of the goodness of God. And so we begin to receive that, you know. And then, of course, as Pastor Vicki was sharing some of the prophetic words that she spoke to us Thursday night, I'd forgotten about some of them, but supernatural favor, not just the favor of God. We all have the favor of God, but there is a supernatural favor of God that's upon our lives, and we believe, as it is spoken in Psalms 133, as it's upon the head, it's poured down into the body, and that's you, and you can have that supernatural favor of God, and that goes right along with the unprecedented outpouring of the goodness of God. And then Brother Jerry said this last time he was here, he said, there will be a major turnaround, but this is what he said, for those who will receive it. That's the key right there, for those who will receive it. I'm receiving it. I believe in there's going to be some turnarounds. I believe there's going to be some great changes, not only in my life, but in your life and in the life of our nation. Anybody notice that our nation needs a great turnaround, amen? A major turnaround. And so as we were praying about this year, the Lord came and visited us again and said, this is going to be an intentional year. Well, that goes right along with the word God gave me a couple years ago. What I intended to do in the last 20 years, I'm going to do in a year. And you need to be excited about this because it's going to come through you. Hello, somebody. God's going to use you. And it's doable. What does that mean? That means that God is trying to set us up and prepare us to let us know that he's going to do something that we can't do in our own ability. 
We're going to be able to sit back and just say, okay, Lord, do your thing, and we're going to see God just pour out in a great and powerful way. And so how do we get the vision? How do we get these things that are on the inside of us, first of all, to manifest in our lives? Well, Habakkuk says it like this, Habakkuk chapter 2, that's on page 824. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. This is why we want you to write the vision down. We want you to see this vision. We want you to be reminded of this vision. And I'm going to take it a step further, and I'm going to encourage you not only just write the vision down, but write something on either posting notes or uh, card index or something like that so you can see it in other places besides one place. Maybe on your car visor. How many of you use your car visor still today, you know? Uh, maybe uh, on your bathroom window, a little sticky note, something like that, just to remind you to begin to proclaim, I'm trusting God with his vision. I believe it's manifesting in my life. Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. Or let me put it to you this way. When you read the vision, and the vision is especially about you, it empowers you to receive it. I want to say that one more time. It empowers you to receive it. You go, yeah, God spoke that about me. You know, as Greg Matherly said, I got a word. Didn't know exactly how it came to pass. I'll never forget, you know, sometimes, you know, I hold my breath when my wife prophesies because, you know, she prophesied over this one family, wonderful family, just tremendous family, and just, you know, we're workers here in the house. And she, she said, come on up here. And she said something about jams. And so this individual got this tremendous, great job working for this door company and had to do with jams, but then they moved away. You know, well, man, I'm glad the prophecy came to pass, but I was kind of sad that they moved away. So, you know, me and the Lord had a little talk about that, you know, and so, and uh, I didn't know if I should just kind of take authority over Vicky prophesying or if I should, you know, go along with what God's saying. But, you know, nevertheless, God knows what he's doing. Hello, somebody. You know, well, fast forward, this particular couple now is a part of what John Hagee's doing down in San Antonio, and they're, they're a big part of some of the things that we're a part of, too, in the area of Christians United for Israel. So praise God. God knows what he's doing. Tell your neighbor God knows what he's doing. But, you know, when you begin to read the vision for yourself, you know, and we used to proclaim, you know, jobs and better jobs and promotions without anybody moving away, uh, but that didn't go very well. But anyway, but we did get the jobs and promotions. But anyway, nevertheless, God knows what he's doing, and you need to begin to read the vision and open your hearts up to what God wants you to do, that he, who, that he may run who reads it, is what it says. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Say appointed time. But at the end, it will speak. Those things that you believe God's put on your heart will come to pass. And it goes on and says, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come to pass. It will not tarry. How many of you remember when Elijah, when um, uh, uh, Judea was shut up in Samaria by the Syrian armies? You remember that story? And and Elijah heard about the king tearing his clothes and came and showed up. And he said, look, by this time tomorrow, 
the um, drought would be over, the problems would be over, you'll have more than enough. And the officer who served the king said, if God could open up the windows of heaven, how could this thing be? And what happened to that particular officer? Elijah said, well, you'll see it, but you'll not participate of it. You know, I always ask the Lord, help me not have doubt about the supernatural that he wants to do, especially for other people. Hello, somebody. Because so many times we can get caught up in, well, I don't know why God would do it for them. (laughs) You know, they're not really living for the Lord. You know, I mean, after all, I mean, I'm living for the Lord, but they're not living for the Lord. I don't know why God would do it for them. Hello, somebody. I know you all think that way. But nevertheless, we all think those things, and we have to be very, very careful not to judge what God's telling somebody else to do because it's not based on your opinion of whether they're right or not with God. It's based on his opinion of whether they're right with God and they deserve this and they want and God wants this for their lives. And so it's so important that we guard our hearts not to judge and say that'll never come to pass for that person. Or that will never come to pass for this ministry. Or that will never come to pass. Or if God could open up the windows of heaven, how could that be? It doesn't matter. If God needs to bring a three-legged dog to your house, he will provide whatever he needs to provide in your life. Can I hear an amen? amen? You know, and this is who God is. He wants you to write the vision down. So as you read it, you're empowered to receive it. Exodus chapter 12 in the expanded Bible says it like this. So say to them, the Lord God says, none of my words will be delayed anymore. What I have said, the word I have spoken will be done, says the Lord. And I really believe some of the things that God's put in your heart are in motion. I believe that the things God has put in your heart are in motion. Well, pastor, what do I need? Well, you need to be in the right place at the right time to receive what God says he wants you to have for your life. That's what you need to be. You need to be in that right place. You remember when, you know, Elijah and there was a great drought and God spoke to Elijah and said, go to Brook Kidron and I'll provide for you there. And then, you know, the stream was going through and there's plenty of fresh water and the raven brought him food every day and then the brook dried up. And God spoke to him and said, go to, you know, another place and I will provide for you there. And that's the key, being led by your spirit, hearing where God wants you to be so that God can provide the exceedingly abundant means of providing for you. And how did he provide for Elijah the second time? Well, the first time he provided water by the brook and he, he, he brought in ravens and these particular birds were very, very fearful of people. So it was miraculous that these birds fed a man, you know. I don't know how they did it. I don't know if they went to Miss Mimi's, you know, a bakery and delicatessen and brought these things in and stole them from her. I'm not really sure how they got the food there. But nevertheless, it doesn't matter. God provided using a very scarce, uh, skittish bird to provide for a man of God because he went to where God told him to go and God provided for him. 
And so God told him to, you know, um, go and, and a widow woman will provide for you. A widow woman, you know, it, you know uh, did, did her husband die and leave her a lot of money? Not this particular widow woman, he didn't. Because when he found her, he said, hey, can you go make me a cake? And she said, well, the truth is I'm going to make me and my son a cake and then we're going to die. He said, well, no, not, that's not what's going to happen. If you will make me a cake first, he said, you'll have plenty for you and your household. And if you study this out and look up on the Jewish sages, you'll find out that, you know, most Jewish scholars believe this, but not only was she provided for, but everybody who was related to her, whether they were in-laws, he was obedient. She was in the right place where she needed to be, and Elijah went to the right place where he needed to be, and God met the two, uh, allowed the two to meet, and God supernaturally provided. And so we need to say, hey, God has already got this miracle in motion. My vision, my abundance, what I'm agreeing for, what I'm believing God for, you know, once you declare, once you speak it out, it is in motion. And so one of the things that we have to understand, in order for this, us to see the vision of this house corporately come together, we need to be unified, all speaking the same thing. It's so important that we begin to speak some of these prophetic words that have been spoken about this particular house. How many of you know that in 2010, when Pastor Vicky shared this last Thursday about, you know, I was, at that time, I was crying out to the Lord, I said, God... You know, I don't want church, you know, I, I want church your way. What, what does church really look like? And I had studied church history, and I'd seen the evolution of church, and, you know, and, and the way they used to do churches hundreds of years ago, and you'd be so surprised. They had church and didn't have air conditioning, and people came anyway. But anyway, so... But nevertheless, they did church so much different than the way we do church today. And I was just crying out to the Lord day in and day out, God, I want to do church your way. And so anyway, we get this prophetic word, hey, we're going to take you to a place that you've never been mentored before. You know, and so all of a sudden, bam, the presence of God started manifesting in this house. And more prophetic words and more healings. You know, just like, you know, Herman laying hands on Eric. You know, that just doesn't happen everywhere. Hello, somebody. But it happens in a house who took hold of the word of God and said, we're going to run with this. We're going to believe with this. We're going to believe that God's pouring out his spirit in an unprecedented way here at Family Worship Center. You know, and you may say, well, there's not very many people out here. Well, get ready. Hello, somebody. Because if anything COVID taught us was that medical science can't stop. Hello, somebody. Medical science can't stop destruction. Okay. We're thankful for what medical science can do, you know. And, uh, but, I mean, if you read the reports, you'll find out that, you know, a lot of people were affected by COVID, whether you're vaccinated or not vaccinated. And I'm not going to get into one or the other. I'm not trying to cause a divisive conversation here at this particular time. But nevertheless, we found out that medical science can't stop what the enemy has planned for harm. Amen. But God can. Amen. God can. Amen. If my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. I will heal their land. And a lot of people start praying. Amen? Amen. 
and we were one of them. We start, start seeing God do some great things. But we need to be unified. That's the most important thing, that we be unified. What happened with the children of Israel when they came out of, you know, uh, of Egypt and God spoke to Moses and said, send 12 spies into the land which I'm giving them? Well, all of a sudden, 10 spies came back, gave a bad report, and they weren't unified. It took them 40 years, say 40 that's a long time. I don't want to wait 40 years, but it took 40 years for those who caused division to die out and God to raise up a new generation. Well, I'm here to tell you God's raised up a new generation. We're a generation that believes God. We're a generation that knows that God wants us to walk in the promised land. We're a generation that knows that God wants us to be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. He wants us blessed in this city, blessed in the field, blessed coming in, blessed going out. We're a generation that knows that God wants everything we put our hands to to prosper. We're a generation that believes that God wants us to be an overcomer in this world. We're a generation that believes as we begin to operate in these things, we will be a light in our nation, and it will draw all men onto Jesus. That's the generation we're talking to right now. And that's why these miracles are in motion. These things that God has spoken, you know, it wasn't just flippantly said. These are things that God says are in motion. There is an unprecedented outpouring of the goodness of God that's in motion right now. There's a supernatural favor of God upon your life that's in motion right now. This is an intentional year just for you that's in motion right now. It is a doable year, and you're going to see God do some great and mighty things this year, 2022. Can I hear an amen? amen. So Joshua, in order to, for them to go into the promised land, he had to unify the people. He yeah, said, be, be of good courage, be strong, be of good courage. You know, this is the time, this is now the season. We are the people, let's go in and take our promised land. So as soon as they walked around Jericho, they all walked around Jericho, but something happened, and that is that one of the members took something that God said, don't take. And so Joshua had to remove disobedience. Hello, somebody. That doesn't mean that everybody who leaves the church is in disobedience, okay? But I just wanted to clarify that because sometimes, well, maybe pastor's referring to somebody. I'm not referring to anybody who's left the church. But yet God does purge a body so that we can come together and all of us be in one accord. What happened on the day of Pentecost? 120 people. Say 120 people. 120 people. They were all in one accord. That's a miracle. You know, hardly two people are in one accord. You know what I'm saying? But they were all in one accord. They all were following the instruction. About 500 people heard the instructions when Jesus was taken off the earth. You know, hey, go wait in Jerusalem and you will be empowered. And 120 of them waited out another 10 days and then the day of Pentecost happened. And when the day of Pentecost happened, God supernaturally touched those people so that 3,000 people were added to the Lord that day. Folks, that's revival. Amen. Why? Because some people agreed to be unified and come together and stay unified. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no division among you, that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. What is Paul encouraging the church of Corinth to do at that time? Y'all speak the same thing. Speak the same thing. Unprecedented year, unprecedented, excuse me, outpouring of the goodness of God, right? 
okay, uh, what he intended for, to do in the last 20 years, he's going to do in a year. All, that got, all that's in motion here, folks. I'm telling you, the wall, you know, you think, well, the wall, boy, that just kind of suddenly happened. No, it wasn't more than a year we were out here, and I would be praying through here in the Holy Ghost, and I saw that wall. But it took several years for that wall to manifest. And you know what God did for us? $157,000 of remodeling and less paid for in less than a year? Now, folks, that just doesn't happen unless some people are unified and get hold of the vision and start speaking the same thing. Look what God's done, and we're not done yet. And that's just, you know, cosmetic things that are going on. There's other things. Home groups are being, have, have started, you know, and other people are reaching other areas of the city. We have community outreaches like we've never had before here at Family Worship Center, reaching other people like we've never reached. Online, we've never been online like the presence, uh, the, the kind of presence that we have today. So we're reaching a lot more people. And I'm just going to encourage you, get ready, get ready, get ready, because it's going to get a lot better. Amen. Amen. And so it's so important that we all speak the same thing. Unprecedented outpouring of the goodness of God. You know, this is an intentional year. It's a doable year. It's what God wants to do for you. What is in your heart that you really want to see God do? Let me just encourage you, according to Ephesians 3.20, He can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or even think. He wants to do more than that. Why? Because He wants to show Himself to you as your Heavenly Father. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, it says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sake, that the grace having spread through many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. You know, that's telling me, that's telling me that we have the spirit of faith. And since we have the same spirit of faith, the same spirit that Jesus had, you know, in Mark eleven twenty two, 22, when Jesus told the disciples, have faith in God, he actually spoke into them the faith of God and said, verily I say unto you, wherever you see the word verily in the word of God, it means I am backing this. I, this is my covenant promise. You know, in Hebrews, it says, God said, I swore by myself because there's no greater to swear by. You know, and that's what verily means. God swore this. God promises. This is God's plan for your life. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he's been saying. He will have what he has been saying. And so this is why it's so important that we write the vision down so when we see it, we say it. We're reminded, oh, God's doing this for me. You know, when the enemy comes in and says, well, how can God do this? It doesn't matter how God can do it. Just know that it is in motion. You know, and when you see your vision on the wall, on the you know, bathroom mirror, on the visor of your car, you just lay hands and say, it's coming to pass in Jesus' name. Amen? It is coming to pass. We used to hang your visions on the wall. When we come in for prayer, we'd lay hands on it, but we're not going to do that this year. We're going to have you take your visions home and speak over them. Well, let me just encourage you why it's so important to speak what God says you can have. In James chapter 3, starting with verse 1, it says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. 
So what is the author here trying to tell us? What is uh, Paul trying to tell Timothy here? He's trying to encourage us, hey, your words will put direction to your future. Isn't that what a bridle does for a horse? It helps lead the horse the direction you want to go. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look at a ship. Although they are so large, they're driven by fierce winds, and they turn by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Okay, so many of you know that I'm a pilot, and on one of the things that, that's on a plane is a rudder, all right? And so if I want to keep the plane on course, one of the things i got to do is i got to get it all set and keep it on course. Now, when some people drive a car, sometimes when they look, they turn the car that way. Well, almost everybody does that, but some do it more severely than others, you know, some people can look, and they just slightly turn the car, but they don't realize it. But when you're flying, and you take your eyes off the instruments, and you're looking down or something, and you barely turn the yoke, or you barely put a little pressure on, on the rudder pedals, it turns the plane. And it doesn't take but, you know, less than five seconds before you're off course again. That little old rudder. Doesn't take much, but that little old rudder is what keeps you in the right direction, the right course that you want to fly your plane. Well, the tongue's the same way. That little old tongue, you know, the, those words that you speak, they keep your vision, they keep your destiny on course. Let me say that again. Your words keep your destiny on course. I'm going to say it one more time so those who aren't getting it get it. Your words keep your destiny on course. And so that's why we want you to write it down. That's why the Word of God says write it down so that he who reads it may be empowered to run with it. Or you're empowered as, as you read it to know that this is your destiny, this is your your future, this is God's plan for your life. And so as you read it, you're declaring this thing so, and it's keeping you on course to receive the goodness of God. Amen. And what, what kind of year is it? An unprecedented outpouring of the goodness of God. It's an intentional year. God wants to intentionally bless you. We heard a testimony. God, we knew, you know, prophetically speaking, you know, with, with Greg's testimony, we knew that God had something for him, but what looked like it, the direction it should have gone looked like that door was closed, but he didn't quit. He didn't stop confessing. He kept on confessing, God has something better for me. Amen. And God opened up a whole different avenue. An avenue, and I understand power plants. I grew up, I was a power plant boy. My brother still works out there. My dad was the, the superintendent of maintenance out there at one time. I understand how these things work. And God placed him in a position he wasn't even qualified for. Yeah. How good is God? Amen. Hello, somebody. Amen. He said, well, I'm not qualified. Well, who God qualifies is not disqualified. Just know that if God's called you to do this, he will qualify you. And what was it that the supervisor said? No, we looked at you, we examined, we feel like you're the guy for the job. Don't be surprised that someone doesn't call you up and say, I want to promote you. And you say, who, me? Yes, you. Why? Because they've been watching you 
You've been a testimony of the goodness of God, and they're going to come to you and say, you're the right person for this job. But you're not going to move away. Anyway, all right. So let your words empower and give direction for your vision. This is intentional. God is intentionally setting you up just like he is this ministry to do great things. And again, uh, again, write the vision down. So pray over the vision. And so when we pray, I want you to go to Luke chapter 11 with me. When we pray, starting with verse 9 and 10, I want you to see something here. Jesus, the disciples asked Jesus to teach us to pray. And I really believe what they were saying is that we want to pray effectively. You know, I want to I pray where I see my prayers answered. How do we pray? And he gave us what we call the Lord's Prayer as a model. But then here in verse 9, he said this, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive, and he who seeks, find. And to him who knocks, it will be open." So Jesus is still talking about prayer. Because prior to this, after he gave him the Lord's Prayer, he said, How many of you have a friend, you know, who, or have a neighbor, and you have a friend that come at night, and uh, you don't have anything to, 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 to feed him, and you go over to your neighbor who you know has plenty of food, you know, he's, uh, you know he, he bakes bread for a living or something like that, you know, and, and you go over and you say, hey, get up, I need some bread. And, then, and your neighbor will say, man, it's too late. You know, call me in the morning. But no, because he knew he had it, number one. He knew he had it. Did you get that? He knew he had it. He kept on knocking. Hmm? He knew he had it. You know, the Bible talks about how a woman went to an unjust judge. Say unjust. An unjust judge and kept on pestering her. And the unjust judge finally said, I don't fear God, but in order to get this woman to quit pestering me, I'm going to go ahead and make things right for her. You know, Jesus was using that in a parable of prayer. You know, we're not pestering God, but what we're doing is that we're dethroning the principalities and weaknesses in high places as we keep on confessing and speaking and declaring those things that God has for us. This is an intentional year. It's a doable year. As we do that, it's just pestering the fire out of the enemy where he's just going to go, hey, give up. This person's too persistent. We're not going to hang out here anymore. He, this guy's going to get what he's going after, and there's nothing we can do about it. Come on, cohorts, let's get out of here. You know, and that's exactly what the Word of God's referring to. And so he was talking about this neighbor. He came and kept on knocking because he knew it was there. And number two, he knew if he would stay with it, eventually this guy would get out of bed. And the Bible says, give him as many as he needs. He's referring to prayer. And then he goes on and said, and I say to you that if you ask, it will be given. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, it will be open. Isn't that interesting in the English language? Ask, A-S-K, A for ask, S for seek, and K for knock. And so as you write your vision all out, as you pray over your vision, you're not only asking God, but you need to start seeking God, where is this going to manifest? How are you going to manifest this? Where do you want me to be for this to manifest? How, what do you want me to do for this to manifest? And you need to keep on being persistent about it. Don't give up because quitters never win, but winners never quit. And I know we have a bunch of winners in this house. 
And so prayer is the key for this door to open up. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, the expanded Bible says it like this. And this is the boldness and the confidence that we have in God's presence before God. That if we ask anything for anything that agrees with what he wants according to his will, he hears us. And if we know, if we know that God has heard us every time we ask him and whatever we ask, we know we have what we ask from him. It's already a done deal. Now let me help you just a little more to know that whatever God's put in your heart, he's going to bring to pass. He already has it or he wouldn't have put it in your heart. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.